This is the London Live Podcast. Listen live weekdays from 1 to 3 on 980 CFPL. In Ontario today, over 300 cases, which is better than over 400, which is much better than over 500. So that's where we sit. There are some provinces who have been doing incredibly well in terms of very few new cases. We saw BC start out maybe earlier than anyone in terms of discovering cases in Canada. And BC, as of yesterday, had, what, 16 new ones, 15 new ones? Another province that has done incredibly well, Manitoba. Manitoba has done incredibly well. They haven't released their numbers for today, but yesterday, three. Three new cases in the entire province. So they have decided to do some reopening. And as much as we have our nurseries, our garden centers, our hardware stores, as much as front-facing stores can now, or stores, I guess, whose doorway faces a street. Is that the best way to say it? They can now do curbside pickup. As much as we have that in Ontario, there are strides that have gone much further in Manitoba. And one of them involves restaurants. And we are very lucky to have with us right now on London Live a good chorus radio friend of ours, Joe Aiello, who is part of the Power 97 morning team in Winnipeg, Manitoba. But he's also the co-owner of Frankie's Italian Kitchen and Bar. Sorry, I can't hear you. Joe, you're not able to hear us right now? No, now I got you. Beautiful. Excellent. Well, we've got you too. How are things in Manitoba? You know what? Really well. I mean, compared to some of the numbers you're handing out, uh, yeah, we're waiting on the Winnipeg numbers today, but it's been pretty calm and pretty steady. And uh, our premier uh, on May 4th basically announced that a few days we would be able to reopen a few things. Hair salons have been booming here. Uh, people getting their haircuts booked. And uh, restaurant takeout has been big. We haven't had the weather yet for patio uh, season, but patios have been allowed to uh, open under certain restrictions. So you've had to, uh, you've been able to have up to fifty percent of your occupancy out on the patio, but no uh, in-house dining. So a lot of restaurant tours are waiting for the beginning of June to hear more about that. I think that's when the next phase will be laid out here. So as you look at restaurants, when you're trying to deal with what is coming. A 50% capacity on a patio. How do you expect to work that? Well, that's the thing. So I'm a restaurateur here in uh, Manitoba, and we're still waiting, not only for the weather, but just to take the proper precautions because there's a lot in play here. You have to make sure you follow all these regulations because there are the guidelines already in play. And what's the cost of that as well? How much staffing do you need to put in place? Extra staffing, that is. What hours will you keep? So there's a financial responsibility to restaurants trying to make a living and and continue to make a living and also employ people. But then you're asking people to come off unemployment too. And then it gets tricky on if you ever have to put them back on, right? So it's it's mind-boggling numbers to deal with, but I think it's still more about the uh, safety of people. You definitely don't want to be the business that gets told that uh, you weren't uh, following guidelines properly because that kind of marketing is not good for anybody. 
We're talking with Joe Aiello, who is part of the Power 97 morning team on Chorus Radio in Winnipeg, and he's the co-owner of Frankie's Italian Kitchen and Bar in Winnipeg. So the next time you're there, make sure you stop in. Here's hoping that we can think about things sooner rather than later in that context. But right now, we're just riding out what has been given to us. In terms of, of what you've been told for regulations, how much information has been given by the province of Manitoba as to here's how you make your workplace safe yeah it's been good it's been pretty clear uh the clarity that's come from uh from the province has been good we know about uh wearing masks we've also been told about sanitizing what i've seen in some of the restaurants here already and i'm sure it'll be the same across the country they've had extra employees on mike so when you walk into the restaurant here for example you will be asked to sanitize your hands and they will give you sanitizer then you're guided to your seats. Uh, then you will be given uh, a bag full of wipes in a lot of cases if you want to continue to use them. The menus they're handing out are disposable menus, uh, so they get tossed right after uh, they've been used. They bring you your drinks. They don't stay very long. There's not a lot of chit-chat with the servers, and uh, even the servers are wearing masks, but they do have a couple of employees that their job is to do nothing else but walk around the empty tables and clear off tables and sanitize. Kind of neat to see, actually. And the bathroom occupancy, one person at a time. Really? Okay. All right. Well, all of those make very good sense in all of this and at least give us some semblance of saying, okay, well, here's here's how we go about doing it because so much in this is just unknown. How do you go about doing this? Ah, we don't know. And at right. least that gives you some regulation to it. As a restaurateur, that does bring on, like you say, extra staff. That does bring on extra cost. And anybody who looks at the restaurant business and said, wow, that would be an easy way to become a millionaire. I think one day I'm going to open a restaurant soon gets kind of the reality check that, hey, this is not an easy industry to make work. It's not an easy industry to be in. When you think about added costs, how much are you talking about that in terms of, of actually running the business? Well, usually your food costs are going to be probably anywhere from 25 to, let's say, 35 on the top end percent. Then you have your staff and your bills and everything else. Now you have these extra costs added on. I, I, I'll be surprised if some restaurants survive through this. Some might not be able to do much during this whole pandemic anyway because of those extra costs. You've got some family restaurants, and there's a lot of them out in your area as well as here in Manitoba, where you end up that it's taxing on time, like just their health and mental well-being of putting in those kind of hours just to keep their family business alive. So it's going to be tougher. We've been open for seven weeks, seven weeks before uh, we were shut down. So we're relatively new. So we're still learning along the ways too. And I think in most cases, people are still learning. What I'm finding is you have different uh, approach from a lot of different uh, customers as well. You have some that are very fearful still. So you have to make sure they're feeling comfortable when you bring them their food on takeout or curbside. Even the uh, a, uh, the um, money machine is actually sanitized after every use, your debit machine. And uh, some people would rather have the food put right into their vehicle. Uh, some would rather come into the restaurant still, sanitize, and then pick up their food. So you're seeing all, all different types. 
We are talking with Joe Aiello of Power 97 in Winnipeg and also co-owner of Frankie's Italian Kitchen and Bar. Somebody once wondered aloud whether all of the sanitizing of things like debit machines that we're doing right now, whether the debit machines were actually built to have this much cleaning done to them and this much <laughs> product kind of getting in on the buttons. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> Pretty I'll wild. You, well, it's been interesting, too, as far as uh, certain days and, and the new... What's going to be the new normal for restaurateurs after? A lot of people are talking about the fact that so many people are getting used to now making more meals at home. Even if they order takeout now, will it be less? And will they be finding uh, less time to dine in once this all changes as well? I think that'll be something to look out for in any area. Interesting. And what sense do you kind of get? Is that a real concern for you? Um, I don't think so yet. I just think right now, for most of us, it's just the unknown, and that uh, can be worrisome for anybody, no matter what line of work you're in. I think what happens in a province like Manitoba, because it's still abnormally cold here, that once people get a chance to get out, this long weekend is probably going to be a litmus test for uh, people in this province as well, because of the levels of them still wanting to get out, and some people obviously not following the uh, rules and regs as closely as some would like, but... I think that'll be the test in a province like this where we get such a short summer and warm weather. I think, uh, I think you'll see a lot of people out starting this weekend, which well, I guess helps the economy too. But our it cases does, but are pretty low here. Yeah. Yeah, well, here's hoping that everybody adheres to all of the recommendations and the social distancing measures. And right. Right. That new normal that you talk about, Joe, that's that's coming somewhere along the line, and I think we're easing into it slowly. Thanks for helping to paint the picture of how things are going in the first place to kind of say in Canada, restaurants, okay, here's what we're going to do. We really appreciate it. Hey, thank you for the time, and uh, be well, London. You be well also. Thanks, Joe. That is Joe Aiello from Power 97 in Winnipeg, a chorus radio station, and Joe also is a co-owner, co-owner of Frankie's Italian Kitchen and Bar. As he mentioned, they'd only been open for seven weeks, and then they were told, no, you got to shut down, and then you become just a, a delivery restaurant, and now you can open up patios, but take a look at, at what they have to do now and what the process will be. You might hear Andrew Graham in just a couple of minutes talk about airlines and some of the expected changes there and why we might see costlier plane tickets when all of this is over and done with. And in restaurants in Manitoba, it is 50% capacity right now on the patio. We've seen other countries open at 25% capacity in some places. There has been talk of 50% capacity, but you have to bring employees on, and their only job as a part-time employee is to go around and sanitize tables. And you have servers who are wearing masks. Do they wear shields? I mean, the restaurant industry is something that has been hit incredibly hard by this, and now the new normal isn't going to make life all that much easier. I want you to think back in time, because we've had to go back in time for a lot of reasons throughout the last couple of months to find some good memories, to find some things that you think, yeah, remember when we used to do that? Remember the first time you ever stayed in a hotel? Doesn't matter what age you were, 5, 6, 7, 22, doesn't matter. But do you remember the first time you ever stayed in a hotel? That's one of those special feelings. And even now, 
even if you stayed in hundreds of hotel rooms in your life, it is still always special to walk in and think, wow. And then if you stay in a beautiful hotel, wow, that's that's just something completely different. And we happen to have an opportunity to talk right now with the general manager of one of London's most beautiful places to stay when you're not sleeping in your own bed. Joe Drummond is the general manager of the Doubletree by Hilton right there at 300 King Street. I miss walking by it. Joe, thanks so much for taking some time for us today. My pleasure, Mike. There is something very special about being able to stay in a hotel. I'm not even sure what hotels are doing with beds these days, but wherever you're getting your beds, thank you, because uh, that's a good sleep no matter what. But we're all wondering what is happening with hotels right now and, and how are you getting through? So maybe let's start right there. What is happening inside hotels right now? Well, a lot of the uh, hotels, uh, including ourselves and some of the larger hotels in our market in the city of London, uh, they are closed. They're shut down. Uh, And right now, we, as hotel operators, uh, with some of the brands that we represent, uh, we're trying to reinvent ourselves because uh, as much as we're going through this unprecedented time in our industry, uh, we will come out of this at some point. And what are we going to be like and how are we going to operate and run hotels when that happens? And this is what we're trying to sort of get our heads around at the present time. And in terms of looking forward, have you come up with anything that you think, okay, well, we'll have to do this and we'll have to do this, or is it still more of a waiting stage right now for instructions from the province and the country? Well, there is a bit of that. Uh, Definitely, we're waiting for direction and instructions from uh, from the province and uh, the provincial and the federal governments, because uh, from a health perspective, safety Uh, for our associates, for our guests in the future, uh, is the most important thing. Uh, We will not operate a hotel in the future going forward the way we have been in the past. Uh, That uh, is definitely uh, very clear to us. Uh, As far as sanitation is concerned, as far as uh, the way we clean our public spaces, the way we clean our rooms uh, is going to be very different uh, going forward. Um, Our ability to uh, host a thousand people for dinner in our ballroom, that also may change going forward in the future. Uh, With social distancing, uh, it's going to be uh, an interesting uh, interesting time going, going ahead. We are talking with Joe Drummond, the general manager of Doubletree by Hilton in London at 300 King Street. Anybody who's ever come through the the doors that open up in front of you knows exactly what that experience is like. And now that's an experience that isn't happening because those doors, like the doors of all other hotels or most other hotels, have to be closed and you have to reimagine what happens going forward. Joe, when you're talking about perhaps not being able to host those big events, make use of those gorgeous ballrooms and conference rooms, what does that mean, do you think, for the hotel industry in terms of, of bottom line? Well, right now, it's uh, <clears throat> we don't have any guests. 
so we're closed, and uh, we are still got to maintain the overhead. I mean, we have heat, light, and power. We still have everything that we're maintaining in the hotel. Uh, there is a minimum skeleton of staff that we have to, uh, to oversee all that uh, in our hotel. Um, going forward, we have to reinvent ourselves as to what we're going to be doing with those. As far as the bedroom side of things, I think it's going to be... Um, uh, it, it's going to be it's going to be fine. It's going to be safer for our guests. Uh, the, the, our company uh, that we represent, the brand Hilton Hotels, we we are right now working with some other organizations such as the Mayo Clinic in the U.S. and some other uh, companies to come up with a way. And there is a way that we will be implementing how we clean our rooms. And when a guest is going to check into our hotels, one of the advantages we have as a brand is that you don't need a key to access your room. Uh, so you don't need to touch the door handle uh, when you access. You have your phone, you check in on your phone, you can, your phone becomes a key to the room. So that is very advantageous for uh, uh, the Hilton brands. And going inside the room, you identify the most touch point areas in the room, and all that is going to be sanitized. All that is every time that the guest leaves the room or checks out. The room, when you check in in the future into a Hilton brand product, the room is going to be sealed, and there's going to be a seal on the door so that the guest feels comfortable and confident that when they're opening the door, they break that seal, that no one has been in that room since it has been cleaned for them. Isn't that fascinating? And it's it's great to hear all of these things being developed, and now it's just a matter of how they will be put in place and when they will be put in place. We're talking with Joe Drummond, General Manager of Doubletree by Hilton in London. Joe, as a final note, when when you look at how things are going right now, can you continue the way that you've been continuing skeleton staff but still having to maintain the overhead for much longer can you can you wait on this or are you really hoping that perhaps we can find a new normal in in the next couple of months well i'm hoping that we can find a new normal in the next couple of months we're the biggest hotel in southwestern ontario i mean 323 bedrooms to sell 30,000 square feet of meeting space that is sitting idle. Obviously, uh, we're dependent. We're, we're not alone. And we, we don't dictate. We depend on partners. We depend on the airline industry. Because if the planes are not flying and if they're not bringing people to London, uh, then it impacts our business as well. So it's not just one industry. It's a, a whole team of industries that have to come together and have to... Uh, to uh, to start uh, soon, and I'm hoping that in the next couple of months we'll uh, we'll start to see some of that business. Well, Joe, we wish you the best of luck in everything else that has to be created between now and then. Just one final thing: should there be a vaccine someday, could we go back to the old normal, or do you foresee things like seals on doors and extra cleaning of rooms and those sorts of things? Do you think that continues? I definitely think that will continue regardless whether we have a vaccine. I hope that we have a vaccine because it means we can start using again 
and living our lives like we used to, whether it's going to a function in the, in the ballroom of our hotel or whatever the case may be. So, but as far as the cleanliness of the rooms and as far as that aspect of it, it will stay with us going forward. Joe, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much for updating the situation. Thank you, Mike. Have a great day. You too. That is Joe Drummond, general manager of the Doubletree by Hilton London. You know that feeling, staying in a hotel, staying in a beautiful hotel. Yeah, it's something we're all going to kind of miss until it can come back. And as Joe points out, this is not just bringing it back in the hotel industry. This is about a number of industries, the travel industry, being able to get going again. So you rely on the airline industry. You rely on trains. You rely on buses. You rely on this entire industry industry that has been stopped in its tracks and everything has to find a way to create that new normal prime minister justin trudeau said last week we haven't seen anything like this type of spending billions and billions and billions of dollars needed in order to help out canadians and it has been coming And it has been helping out to varying degrees. And the hope is that it can help out as long as everybody needs it to do so. Well, we are left with some questions. Can we just keep spending federally? Where does this money come from anyway? There are people wondering, well, if this continues for a long time, what about my pension from the government? What about CPP that you pay into for so many years? Can can that be used up can that be stopped let's look at these things and a few more joining us right now is professor moshe lander who is a professor of economics with concordia university and a guy who has london ties professor lander thanks so much for being here my pleasure well, it's great to have you back. I wish we were talking some London Knights. We we are actually talking London Knights in exactly an hour from now. Owen McDonald will join us because it was on this very day that the Knights clinched two of their OHL championships. So there's a happy note if you look far back enough in history. I, I will be listening then. Well, let's talk economics in the meantime because the Prime Minister said it himself, we haven't seen anything like this type of spending. Ever. You can go back into the Great Depression. These dollars have not been used. When you hear the Prime Minister say something like that, having the economics background as you do, how do you interpret that? Well, it's good that he's acknowledging reality, at least. That's that's a good starting point. Um, yeah, we haven't seen anything like this. This type of spending is the type of thing that you would see in the Depression or in uh, wartime, where there's just this... Um, open the spigots and don't worry about how we're going to pay for it later. So I, I think it's the appropriate thing to be doing right now. Uh, I don't think this is the time to be cautious. Uh, and I, I think that he's correct in, in kind of saying that, yeah, we need to do it and we'll, we'll figure out the details later. Professor Lander, maybe we all need a little 101 in this. Where does the money technically keep coming from? So the government has two options where say you and I would only have one. Option one is they borrow. And and the way that governments borrow is that they would issue bonds to the public. And through issuing bonds, they would receive cash in return. So basically, it's kind of an IOU where they borrow money from the public today, and they promise to pay them back in five years, 10 years, 30 years time. 
The second option, which I like to call the nuclear option, is that they could go to the Bank of Canada and they could just say, look, print it. Create it out of nothing. Just create billions and billions of dollars of brand new cash. And we'll use that to pay all of the bills that we're running up right now. I say that's the nuclear option, of course, because anybody with that uh, 101 background knows that when you print money, it's usually going to lead to inflation in the long run. And we have seen historical proof that that kind of inflation can get crazy. If we think back to Germany and the idea that they went and printed things, people were bringing wheelbarrows of money to the grocery store in order to buy a loaf of bread. It got absolutely wildly out of control. So how do we avoid that? So the the thing right now is that the best thing to do is to just borrow through the bond market. If the bond markets start to feel that uh, the governments are getting a little excessive and a little out of control, uh, what they would do is they would say, look, we're willing to lend you this money, but as uh, a bit of an insurance policy, we want maybe a higher interest rate uh, to kind of cover the risk that maybe you're not going to pay us back in 20 years' time or 30 years' time. So we haven't really seen the bond markets react yet where they've been asking for higher interest rates. And so right now it seems that those in the know don't seem too phased by what's going on. Now, that could change quickly, especially if that money is being spent recklessly. But if it's being used to prop up the economy and even to try and maintain the long-term potential of this economy, then I don't think the bond markets are going to get too edgy about it. But it does, of course, mean that at some point we are going to have to come up with that money to, to pay them back. We are talking with Professor Moshe Lander, Senior Lecturer in Economics in the Department of Economics at Concordia University. And we're looking at just some of those basic questions that we all have. Professor Lander, are we getting to a point where we need to hear kind of a, a phasing out plan of things? Or people are starting to look and say, you know, some of these things, whether it's to do with my wages and it's a wage benefit, whether it is the Canadian Emergency Relief Benefit, these all have kind of end dates-ish to them. We saw the wage benefit extended last week, but they can kind of see the, the end of all of this. What do we do about that? Yeah, you know, the thing with phasing it out, especially with announcing a date to phase it out, is that you run the risk that if this virus is not dealt with effectively by that date, then you have to have the government now in an uncomfortable position where either they have to move the date, which kind of dents their credibility, or they do have to phase out, which is what they said they were going to do, which would be exactly the wrong time to do it when the virus is still running wild. So I I think the, the thing right now is to just say, look, as long as we need it, we will continue to provide this support. But once the economy shows that it can recover and start sustaining itself again the way it did back in January, uh, then we can start talking about, all right, how do we get out of uh, the promises that we've made at this point? Well, it is a difficult situation that we are in, but at the same time, do we have any kind of precedent or plan that, that we can look back at and say, okay, well, this is not exactly the same. This is more than we've ever been spending, but at least here is kind of how it worked after, whether it's 1987 or 2008 or going back to any of the other blips when when economies have had to deal with this sort of thing because of market crashes can we rely on anything like that oh well there's two there's two possibilities here that i'll present to you one is that if the economy does start growing again which of course it will over time then whatever amount that we're borrowing now could become less and less significant you can imagine that if you borrowed half a million dollars for a mortgage when you're in your 20s but your income goes up all the way through your 30s and 40s and 50s that half a million dollar mortgage becomes less and less 
uh, of kind of a, a, a weight around your neck. So if the economy starts growing, the amount that we're borrowing becomes less and less problematic. Uh, from the other standpoint, if you're going to have this uh, money that's out there, at least invest in something that's going to give the economy the potential to grow in the long run. So spend on things that are going to help people uh, be more productive in the future, and, and then that would be a, a useful use of this money then. Uh, I, I think the government needs to kind of make sure that right now with the providing a short-term support, but start thinking about how does this lead to long-term growth. I guess finally, for a question that has come up, should anybody be worried about their government pensions in all of this, or is that kind of a separate entity? Um, I mean, it is somewhat separate, but the impact is probably not going to be on current retirees. It's going to be on people that are heading for retirement a, a few decades from now. At some point, when the government does have to pay this back, they're going to have to go to workers and say, all right, I need you to pay more in payroll taxes to finance this. Uh, higher payroll taxes uh, might not be acceptable to workers, especially if they feel that they're being overtaxed. And so at that point, then it might be, all right, well, if you're not willing to pay higher taxes, then we have to cut back on the benefits that we do provide. Gotcha. Well, you've spelled it out beautifully. Professor Lander, thank you so much for your time today. Anytime. That is Professor Moshe Lander, who is a senior lecturer in the Department of Economics at Concordia University, running down some of the scenarios, some of the things that we have to keep in mind, where the money is all coming from, and now we wait to see how things react and how that new normal can be for whatever business it happens to be. If you missed it earlier, we'll make sure that this is on the podcast, but we had an opportunity to talk with a restaurateur and the general manager of a hotel, and we talked about what the new normal has to be there, and it's fewer people. It is way more cleaning, so there is more overhead. So could it be more expensive to visit a restaurant? Could it be more expensive to visit a hotel? Perhaps. We don't quite know that sort of thing just yet, how that could be absorbed. But in the end, this is kind of the new normal until we get to a point when we can say, yeah, all right, we, we've got this. And we even asked Joe Drummond, who's the general manager of the Doubletree by Hilton in London, let's say there was a vaccine. He was talking about having a seal on the door to prove that you are the last person to come in since the cleaning staff has been in and just extra cleaning being done in the room after each stay by a guest. And he said, no, this this probably would be the normal even with a vaccine, that it would change how the business was done in a just-in-case way. You've been listening to the London Live Podcast. Catch the show live on weekdays from 1 to 3.